In the name of Jesus, amen. Dear Christians, our Old Testament lesson today from the book of Daniel is an Old Testament lesson that is just chock full of historical insight. In fact, the last three chapters of the book of Daniel are all about the history of 500 years from the time Daniel lived until the time Jesus lived. They are amazing chapters of prophecy which go into great detail about different kings who will live and reign and will battle against other kings. Talks about Alexander the Great, the Seleucid Empire, the Ptolemaic Empire, the Roman Empire. It talks about Jesus. These last three chapters of Daniel are ones in which God's people could look forward to what was coming, even in the face of war, pestilence, fighting, hunger, death, and all the rest that this life has to offer. Chapter 10 begins, and you can see it, it begins with a time reference. In the time of King Cyrus of Persia, it's a date that can be specifically narrowed down to one particular year, the year 536 B.C. A few verses later, Daniel gives us an even more specific time, the month and the date. Daniel says, in the 24th day of the first month, that's 10 days after the Passover, or as we Christians would categorize it, it is 10 days after Good Friday, 500 years before Good Friday. And it's then, at that exact moment and date and time, that Daniel sees a picture of the future. He sees the angels watching over different peoples and nations and individuals fighting back and forth, explaining the way in which God runs history, explaining the way that God affects nations and people. God shows Daniel the lives of the kings of Persia. God tells Daniel about Xerxes, who will invade Greece, losing at the battle, eventually, of Salamis. God then says, the Greeks will return the favor, and a Greek king will arise and invade and conquer all of Persia. And you've heard of him, Alexander the Great who conquered Turkey, Egypt, Israel, Persia, and finally stops all of his battling and warring inside India. He returns home and he dies at the age of 33. When he dies, his kingdom is divided. And God tells Daniel that's exactly what will happen. It will be divided into two kingdoms in respect to Israel the Seleucids to the north, the Ptolemies to the south. 
And God tells Israel through Daniel that they will be caught in the middle of warring between these two people. And that's what happens. The Seleucids invade and conquer Israel, and the Ptolemies come back and push them back out. Back and forth for hundreds of years this war goes on, and God tells Daniel a great many details about what will happen. God even goes into the detail about Antiochus Epiphanes, who came and conquered Jerusalem and set up in Jerusalem a false idol in the temple itself, the abomination of desolation, or so God calls it when speaking with Daniel. God tells Daniel that will lead to an independent Jewish kingdom for a time until finally a greater army will invade, the army of Rome. And then God tells Daniel the important historical bits. When that time comes, when the Seleucids are swept away, Michael the great angel who has charge over God's people shall again arise. This is the same words that Luke uses, just a little differently. Words that I imagine are familiar to you. We'll hear them in just a few months. In those days, a decree went out from Caesar Augustus that all the world should be registered. This was the first registration when Quirinius was governor of Syria. Daniel knows that day is coming, the day of Christmas, the day when the Lord will be born in human flesh to come, to die, to rise. Daniel is told about it 530 years before it happens. And Daniel has heard about all that will happen in between. And Daniel's told this as well. At that time, your people shall be delivered. Everyone whose name shall be found written in the book. And many of those who sleep in the dust of the earth shall awaken, some to everlasting life, and some to shame and everlasting contempt. And those who are wise shall shine like the brightness of the sky above, and those who turn many to righteous like the stars forever and ever. All of that information that we just barely summarized God tells Daniel. The Greeks will conquer Persia. The Romans will conquer the Greeks. And for 500 years, that historical prophecy became reality. Five hundred years of God working to bring about Jesus. Imagine that you were living 
in that part of the world at that time. There were countless people there, peoples whose lives were full of struggle, hunger, thirst. Allegiance to this king, allegiance to that king, disease and death. Conquered over and over and over again, each time their homes plundered, each time hard to feed the family during the winter. And as all these events happened in history, countless people looked up to heaven and said, what's going on? Why are these things happening? must have been difficult, must have been a challenge. They didn't know what was happening. They knew Daniel's words, but it must have been difficult to believe when hearing about the future, when hearing what is to come. For us, as we look back, yes, it's clear God has put us behind the curtain to see the inner workings of what he's doing. Angels moving peoples and nations and rulers across thousands of miles, all to bring about his son, Jesus. Each piece important to the preaching of the gospel. The Persians came to destroy the nations of Israel and eliminate their king so that they might trust God's word that a new king was coming, a king who would always sit on David's throne, a king who would rule justly and holily. Alexander the Great, taking over Persia, and forcing all those people to speak his language, the language of Greek. And it became the language of commerce, and eventually the language that the Bible was written in. There was not a person in the ancient world who would be unable to understand Greek, and thereby there was not a person who could not hear the gospel of Jesus Christ. God brought the Romans to conquer the Greeks. And the Romans came and built roads and conquered the entire Mediterranean basin, allowing for the free travel of goods and armies and peoples and for the free traveling of the gospel message. And so it is that we read about Paul traveling from city to city freely because of the Romans. Paul traveling across the sea on a boat because of the Romans. God did all of this throughout history, working in peoples and times and places, all so that you might hear the gospel of Jesus Christ. All so that you might understand that your sins have been forgiven by the Son of God who died on the cross 
and rose again. We see behind the scenes angels bringing these things about. God clearing the way, making straight the way of the Lord, filling in the valleys, leveling the mountains. But all that, well, that was millennium ago. What about now? Is God still working in history? Is God still sending his angels to move people and places and words around? It sure doesn't look like it on the news, doesn't it? Our world is a mess. Congress can't do anything worthwhile. The parties spend all their time attacking one another and no time governing. Our nation has been at war since I graduated from high school. It's really sobering to think about that because that's now more than half of my life. And when we look around, it seems like churches are struggling and dying. It seems like the next generation doesn't care as much about God. Atheism seems to be on the rise. Our families are in conflict. There's wars and rumors of war. Our loved ones are born, they live, they get sick, and they die. What's going on? Is God at work? If he could manipulate all those nations so long ago, why isn't he now? He is. God still is at work. There are still angels watching over us, bringing about particular events in history so that God's word might go forth. Yes, at times it looks like things are a mess, like the world is falling apart, like there again will be wars and rumors of wars. Yes, seem, things seem chaotic and out of our control, but God is still working. His gospel is still going out. He's moving people. Take the war in Syria that was fought just a few years ago. Thousands of refugees left their home and entered into Europe and America and other places. Why? Those nations would not let the word of God come to them. God has brought them out to hear the word. It was in the news even just this last week 
that one of the places that Christianity is growing the fastest is Iran. One of our nation's enemies. How? God is at work. Even in China, as the government refuses to let the Bible be preached and taught, the church is growing. God is at work. God grows his church. He works things just the way he wants them. Dear Christian, that is good news for you. As you look and see the world seemingly falling apart before your eyes, as you struggle, wonder how you'll make ends meet, as you ask what this life is all about, realize this. God has worked faith in you. He sent the word to your ear. He's brought about all the things in history so that one day you would be born and washed in the waters of holy baptism, given faith. Faith looks to Jesus, the one who died for your sin, the one who rose again so that you too might live forever. God sends his word into your ears through preachers. God has allowed for you to live in the day and age where there are more Bibles than at any other time in history. Why? So that you might hear his word and believe. God feeds you with his own body and blood, given and shed for the forgiveness of your sins, to strengthen your faith. God has made you Christian. And so, even though the world rages, even though it seems to be messier every year, even though Congress doesn't do anything, even though your taxes seem to get higher, even though your families seem to be falling apart, know this, God always is working. God always is creating faith. God is always calling people to Jesus. He's done it for you. In the name of Jesus, amen. Now may the peace of God, which far surpasses all understanding, keep your hearts and minds in Christ Jesus our Lord. Amen.